If you have your Bible, I want you to go to Luke chapter 1. You can also launch the Bible app. The notes are there uh, for you on our live event. But I have some gifts for everybody today, okay? These are, this is some, these are gifts for everybody, all right? Special. I picked this out. I picked these out just for you, all right? A lot of thought went into this. Okay, why did the doctor warn the children not to eat Christmas tree decorations? Because he didn't want them getting tinselitis. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. I see where you're at. Okay. All right. Didn't like that one. I've got another one for you. What's Santa's go-to order at Dunkin'? Oh, this is easy. It's a jolly filled donut. feel like a dad who has spent all his money at Christmas time and everyone's crying that morning. Okay, I got one for you. Let's see, let's see if this is where you're at. Well, uh, how is Christmas like your job? Well, you do all the work and some fat guy in a suit gets all the credit. Oh, I've got more. What's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the regular alphabet? Well, the Christmas al- alphabet has no L. I said that to a teacher, you know, just in case. Yeah. Okay, since you're asking, I've got one more. What is an elf's favorite kind of music? Rap. No, 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 no more, no more. You don't deserve it. No. Um, now I know. Now I know where 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 your cynical level is. Okay, so the, the joke you really liked, a fat guy in a suit. I'll mark that down later. Uh, you know. Speaking of rap, and no, I'm not about to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I just want to announce to all the wives here this morning, on behalf of your husbands, the gray bags from Walmart count as Christmas wrapping. Oh, I, oh, I did. I saw an amen over here. I saw an amen. All right. All right. And if Amazon went to all the trouble to put peanuts in there and bubble wrap and in cardboard and it's sealed, that's wrapped. I'm just helping. I just want to really help everybody. Well, uh, contrary to our belief as men, evidently the wrapping matters. How it looks matters. Uh, how it posts on Instagram matters. Uh, the wrapping of the gift matters. And, you know, uh, for this, in, uh, this season, you know, we've, we've been in, in this time where, where God has been teaching us legitimate life lessons from this Christmas story. And there's something that we can really learn 
about the wrapping that Christ came in as the gift of salvation to the world. You say, what was the wrapping that Christ came in? Well, the wrapping that Christ came in was a family. I mean, he, he came, God put his only son, he wrapped it in a family. Now, I mean, I, I come from a different time. If I was God and I was going to send my only son, I would have had the J.J. Abrams kind of Christmas. You know, a portal opens and I'm going to direct this show and there's going to be a light show and the fully formed son of God is going to step out of eternity and begin to walk thunderously through the hills of Israel. Yeah, I'm going to tell that story a little differently, but God, in his wisdom, wrapped his son in a family. And that is because the first Christmas is actually for us an example of how we, as the family of God, are to carry Christ before he comes again. Because we've been given that assignment, and that's what we've been, we've been talking about, how in the last days, God is going to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and children to the fathers. And when is that going to happen? That's, that's going to happen before his second coming. Well, his first coming teaches us a lot about his second coming. So we can't just gloss over the the Christmas stories without gleaning from them the deep truths that God wants us to absorb and lay hold of in this time. There's something beautiful about the wrapping that God sent his son in. There's actually something beautiful about you, the wrapping of Christ to the world now. And I want you to see this, uh, and perhaps you, you never thought of yourself in that light, but I, I want to. We're going to read this story specifically about Mary, since she was the one that carried this gift so intimately. Luke chapter one, beginning in verse twenty-six, says this: Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for, uh, for her who was called barren. 
For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, there are some lessons that we can learn from Mary as we are called to present Christ to the world. And by the way, uh, I think many times when we when we when we're reading the scriptures, we tend to just 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 truck right over these moments. You know, if you're reading this passage and it's not Christmas, you're like reading really quickly over these thoughts. And let me just tell you, some of the announcements that the angel made about Jesus should make you want to shout, should make you want to dance, should make you want to celebrate. I mean, especially when he gets to, and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I mean, do you get this about Jesus? Of his kingdom there shall be no end. That kingdom is now. And that kingdom is coming. And what he does is he invites us into that everlasting kingdom. Well, if you are going to experience an everlasting kingdom, that means you're going to need eternal life. I'm here to announce to you, you're looking at a guy who will never die. Oh, I see some of you looking at me all confused. No, no, no. I may shed this skin suit, but the real part of me, the part of me you can't see, this part of me, the redeemed part of me, will live forever in his presence, and we're going to be a part of a kingdom that will never end. You ought to get excited about that. Some of you will just be excited that the Christmas season will finally be over since it started in October. But we in the kingdom, we are, we are a part of a kingdom with a king who's never going to die. Nothing's knocking him off his throne. He won't be surprised by what's happening. And one day he's coming back and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. That is good news. Now listen. So it's very very important that when we read the scripture, we say, God, as I read these passages about these people that you used in a powerful way, what what is it that I can glean from this? How does this apply to my life? I mean, when you read the scripture, let me just teach you a, a little practical way to read it. You, you, you first, it's the salt way of reading the Bible. You read the, 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 the soap way, rather. There is uh, uh, the scripture. You just read it. And then you, oh, you observe what it says. What does it say? What is the clear meaning of the text? A, what is the application I can make in my life? And then pray that God would help you to live out those truths. So you read the scripture, observe what it says, and and learn who it was said to. What's the application I can make to my life? And pray that God would manifest that in your life. Now, I just helped you all become better, better Bible readers in 30 seconds. Now, as we read this passage, I want to show you some things that we are supposed to be wrapped in as we bring Christ to the world. Now, I'm going to give you these. And as I do, some of them will be challenging to some people. That is okay. 
God will help you, especially this first one. See, as, as people who are meant to carry the gift of Christ, we're supposed to be wrapped in joy. Ooh, it's so quiet in this Presbyterian church. I can tell what we've all been feasting on when we're not wrapped in joy. We're, wrapped, we're, we're feasting on uh, news cycles and tragedies and our eyes are on a lot of other things. But, but God says to Mary, the first word from the, the messenger from heaven is this, rejoice. The message of I'm going to carry the gift of God to the world, the first word is rejoice. Rejoice. And I, I just, I, I get the feeling that somewhere along the line, the joy of walking with God has been stolen by religion. We're told that walking with God is very somber. The only time that we're godly is when we're wearing our robe at home. And yet, God, God's first message to the one that would bring Christ into the world is what? Rejoice! Having come in, the angel says, rejoice! You should write this down, maybe paint it on your wall at home, put it on a mirror. The proper setting of a revelation of God's purpose in your life is express joy. This is the proper setting for God's purpose. It's the joy of the Lord. Now, much like Mary, most of us, our first reaction when God comes and makes a grand announcement to us, we're just like Mary. What happened to Mary? Verse 29, it says, but, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Now, this is, this is fascinating to me. She wasn't troubled that an angel showed up in her house. That didn't trouble her. No problem. Gabriel, the mouthpiece of heaven, is in my house. He's visiting me. Not an issue. I'm a little troubled by what he said. Rejoice. Then he begins to give this instruction to her. She says, what kind of greeting is this? Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see, fear grips many when they hear God has a plan for their life. You know why? Because God comes and says, rejoice, I'm about to use you to carry the Son of God into the world, and immediately our flesh speaks up in fear. You know what it says? What am I going to have to give up? Anybody ever hear that voice before? I have. I've heard that voice. God shows up. I got a plan for your life. Oh, no. Wait. 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 Immediately we start thinking, oh, what am I going to have to give up? When what is actually happening 
is God is actually inviting us into the most satisfying, fulfilling life available. The one that, is, that he has marked out for us. I love this from Romans chapter 14. It says, therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Notice this. He's saying, listen, when you live out uh, the plan that I have, you're going to live in righteousness. That's right standing with God. You're going to live in peace knowing that there's no enmity between you and the Lord, and you're going to have joy in the Holy Spirit. I'll try this side. That side doesn't want to be joyous. You are meant to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy from the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's joy. You ought to be wrapped in joy. I know all of you have just, you got this picture in your head, man. You've got to be sort of angry to share Jesus. You've watched way too many YouTube videos. No, you ought to be what the angel said first, rejoicing. There ought to be some joy from God's presence in your life and awareness of his presence. After all, the fruit of his spirit in your life manifests first as love. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But we don't know. We don't know this. How do you know? Because Christians mostly, they're melancholy or sad. We, we end up like the psalmist saying, look, it seems like people who are living the, in the world, they're just getting away with everything. And then we, then, we, then we start thinking, well, I'll just do what they're doing and God will forgive me anyway. That's not a good way to live. <laughs> you see, there's joy in living God's plan for your life. It's miserable to claim God and live your plan. That is misery. Oh, but there is joy. When the, you ever had the Holy Spirit wake you up and he's there before you're aware he's there? You say, well, no, I don't know. Well, that happened for Mary. The angel showed up. She didn't know she was going to get this kind of talking to that day. And this message comes, rejoice. I'm telling you, there is a manifested presence of God in the life of the believer, which is supposed to be marked by joy. Notice how Paul prayed for the believers in Rome. In Romans 15, verse 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just have this question. Are you filled with all joy and peace in believing? That's where joy and peace is found in believing. Matter of fact, it's so important. The Apostle Paul says, the church in Rome, I am pausing daily to pray this for you. 
I'm praying that you may be filled with joy and peace. You say, well, what do I do? What, what am I supposed to do? Well, if the fruit of the Spirit is joy, simply ask for the fullness of His Spirit. Ask, saying, Lord, I want your presence to mark my life with, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know some of you are thinking, well, you don't know what I'm facing, Pastor. Well, I may not. But what if I could show you in one passage where there was terrible circumstances and great joy? Let me, let, me, let me show it to you. Acts 13, verse 49. It says, And the word of the Lord was being spread everywhere throughout all the regions, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city and raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What? They were doing God's work, people, and got canceled. They got canceled and kicked out of the city. And you know what they did? They just took their shoes off. Just knock the dust off, put their shoes back on, and begin to turn their eyes toward heaven and said, Holy Spirit, come and fill it. Let me, let me say it to you this way. Sometimes you just have to shake off yesterday's failures and rejection and come to a new place in your life and accept the joy that accompany uh, being in God's will for your life. If you failed yesterday, come on, shake the dust off of yesterday. If you were rejected yesterday, shake the dust off and get into God's presence and say, Lord, this isn't the way I thought it would turn out, but Lord, I'm just grateful that you're in my life, that I'm in your will, that your presence is here with me. Oh, man, when you live that way, suddenly there is something attractionary about the Christ that you're carrying. People will wonder what's below the wrapping. Let me give you another idea that, that we learned from this um, Christmas story, especially about Mary, is that we've got to be wrapped in grace. I can't, I can't say this enough. We have got to be wrapped in grace. Verse 28 <coughs> says, Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly, notice this word, favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. The word favored here, it means bestowed grace. It means grace that was placed upon someone. Now, in Mary's life, here's what we know up to this point. Uh, she was a virgin, and she was engaged. That, that's about it. She was a righteous follower of Yahweh, but that's it. There's no qualifications for Mary. She certainly hadn't been 
educated, and she certainly, uh, there was nothing in the natural that, that would qualify her for this grand announcement. No, here's what made all the difference in Mary and what will make a difference for all of us. It is this true. She simply got wrapped in grace. She got wrapped in God's bestowed favor. And I love the way T.D. Jake says it. Favor ain't fair. This wasn't, there were probably women more qualified, more educated. May, you know, maybe uh, they, they would be more respected in the region. But here in this moment, the grace of God wrapped Mary. It was wrapped around her. This favor of God. And at Christmas, there's... There's two words that, that we should be interjecting into this season all of the time. Because the coming of Christ into the planet at all is an expression of God's mercy. So, so there is mercy in this season. And mercy is simply not receiving what we deserve. Matter of fact, justice says you deserve death. But mercy says, I'm withholding your sentence. I'm not giving you what you deserve. And that's what Christ coming into the world. He comes because God is rich in mercy. But secondarily, you cannot ignore the grace of God connected to his coming. And grace is actually you receiving something you didn't deserve. You receive something you didn't do. So justice says you deserve to be rejected by God and eternally condemned. But grace says, I'm going to give you everything you could never earn through faith in Christ. I am going to give you something that is so blessed. It's beyond your qualifications. It's beyond anything you could ever earn. It is a righteousness that belongs to God's only son. I'm going to give it to you through faith in him. It's grace. And boy, don't we need to be wrapped in grace. You know, if you realize that you are where you are because of the grace of God, you'd be more likely to reach people than judging people. Oh, how some of us have forgotten where we were when God chased us down where the mercy of God manifested and the grace of God grabbed hold of us regardless of our condition. You know, this season really is a picture of mercy and grace. I mentioned this last week, that even Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, is a picture of mercy and grace. No, he's not just a mythical Character, he was a man who placed faith in Christ, Saint Nicholas. And Saint Nicholas heard about a man who had three daughters, became very poor. And he was he he, he was he was concerned as a father that he would never be able to give a dowry connected to his daughter. So his thought was, in the culture of the day, that he may as a father have to sell his daughters into some kind of servitude which sometimes would, would equal living like a concubine. 
And here is a father that's perplexed, having three daughters and no dowry. And St. Nicholas hears of the need and secretly comes and leaves a bag of gold for the first daughter. He would then go away. He would then come again secretly and give a second bag of gold for the second daughter. The father, upon finding these gifts and finding these things that he could never earn and didn't deserve, he decided, I'm going to stay up late and try to catch who is bringing these gifts. Maybe this is starting to sound familiar to you. And upon St. Nicholas being moved to give the third gift for the three daughters, the father caught him. And there in that moment said, I'm so thankful for you giving a gift I could never earn. Listen, church, we have got to get wrapped in grace. We have got to get wrapped in it, clothed in it. Immersed in grace. You see, Mary was wrapped in grace and it positioned her to be used by God. And if we're wrapped in grace, we'll be positioned to be used by God. Romans 3, 21. Most of us quote 23, but never the verses around it. And I want you to hear the verses that surround this famous verse. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. The right standing with God being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there's no difference for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When you know you didn't earn forgiveness and favor and relationship with God, when you are wrapped in that truth, it will position you to be used by God. When you know I didn't earn it, boy, you can go and offer that to anybody. There are all the qualifiers are off. Because why? Because we were all broken, but then God in his mercy clothed us in indescribable favor called grace. Now, I say, I do see... Some of you kind of looking at me, it's like, wow, you're talking a lot about grace. Oh, I know what's coming. There's going to be a license for sin. People think, wow, because God is full of grace, then I can just pray and say, okay, God, I know you'll forgive me. No, if you're saved by grace, you'll continue to receive ministry from grace. Let me say it to you this way. Jesus is grace. He is grace. He is the voice of grace. But did you know that grace doesn't only save? Did you know that grace, the work of grace, is not only to save? I'll prove it to you. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men. Look at verse 12, teaching us. Grace not only saves you, but grace continues to teach you. 
What does it teach you? It teaches you to deny ungodliness. It says, grace comes and teaches you to not live in ways that do not reflect the character and nature of our God. This is what grace teaches. Deny ungodliness. Deny worldly lust that we should live, listen up church, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope. Look, Listen, glory appearing of Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. So grace doesn't only save us, grace saves us and then teaches us. You know what that means? We all need to get wrapped in grace. Oh, when you're carrying the gift of God to the world, you got to get wrapped in grace, meaning that all oh, God's grace is for every single person. It, no matter where you're at, you're broke, you're busted, disgusted with your choices in life. Good news, God has grace for you. Oh, there's favor for you that you can't earn. There's a righteousness that belongs to Christ. He wants to put it on your life, and you'll receive it by faith. But don't don't think grace gives up on you just because you're in the family of God. Grace then shows up at the door day one saying, hey, you haven't arrived. You've just begun. I got some things I'd like to teach you. I'm going to teach you what it means to look like Christ, to carry Christ, to walk in his power, to walk in his fruit, to walk in his love, and to be a reflection of who he is to a world who desperately needs him. When you're wrapped in grace, it makes you look like Christ. Let me give you this third truth, which I think is... I, I, I actually use these words very specifically. When, when you and I are carrying Christ, when we're wrapped in joy and we're wrapped in grace, we also need to be wrapped in available faith. Available faith. This is something Mary teaches in her declaration. Notice what she says, verse 38. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary said, here I am, God. Let your plan for my life come to pass. Let it be to me according to your word. We celebrate Christmas because Mary believed the message and she was available to live it. Have you ever been in a time in your life where, where, where God comes and he asks you for something big? I mean something big. I, I, I tell this story um, not 
as, okay, a pat on the back, but just simply as an example. I, I remember when God told me to give away my first car. And I say first car because there's a whole story behind what happened when you give away the first one. Evidently, God may want you to give away six or seven more after that. On one income as a youth pastor. That's a whole crazy story of the faithfulness of God. But this was the car that I had gotten as a result of praying for a wife. Because I had this old broke down Hyundai. And I said, God, ain't no way. I'm getting a wife in this vehicle. Hey, you got to remember, I'm 21. I'm praying shallow prayers, okay? That's it. That's all the faith I got. I said, so Lord, I, it's got to be red, two-door, kind of sporty, okay? And that's what happened. And uh, bought this car. And I, I remember then, I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I met this girl at church named Stacy. And, uh, she, you know, I'm going to go and pick her up, and we're going to go out on this date, and she tells me where she lives, right? And we go, and it's, it's like way, way out, like the pavement stopped. I'm driving out there in this freshly waxed, red little sports car, and the pavement stopped. I was like, ooh, I might be late, and I might have to go slow. Then I pulled in the driveway, and I don't even remember where we were going that night because the events that were about to follow were so traumatic. I see her, uh, uh, you know, I pull in, and I see her come out the front door, and she's carrying a plate with two pieces of pizza on it. But I didn't know what was about to happen was really profound. That when she came off of the, the little porch, suddenly a 400-pound hog came running after her. I'm sitting in my car. And then I see her grab a piece of pizza, and she's running, and she flings a piece of pizza. And she's running at my car with a piece of pizza. And gets in the car and closes the door. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> but I think it's over. We're safe. Got my new red car. And we're going out. I didn't know that 400 pounds of pork could stand on its hind legs and stick its hooves on my brand new car. <laughs> trying to get to the second piece. <laughs> and then, because it's a hoof and not a hand, it slid on the wax. put it in reverse for about the next two minutes until I could find light and a gas station. There was, there was no talking in the car. 
And I got out, and I was very grateful that evidently an angel had wedged himself between my car and the hoof of that swine. And, and, and there was so much wax on my car that it prevented the scratch. And I was like, oh, thankful, which is kind of why I eat so much bacon. Um, so... <laughs> revenge. <laughs> and it's sweet, especially when there's brown sugar on it. Um, but there would come a day where that vehicle that meant a lot, God would ask me for it. And it took a moment for me to lay down something that had in my mind, been used to kind of chart the course of where I was. I'm now married. have a little baby. And God says, I want that life that you've created so I can give you one you could never earn. I didn't know it at the time. God would call me to live that life and give that gift to a young man that God had saved out of gangs. Just a few weeks ago, I sat with this man at a lunch. He said this, that gift changed my life. And he's the senior pastor at Crystal River Assembly of God now. And I'm telling you, you have no idea what it means if you will say, God, I not only have faith that you are the Savior, but I am available. Let it be unto me according to your word. God, my plans, I lay them down. Lord, the mapping out of my life is in your hands regardless of what I have to let go of. You see, Mary had to come to terms with this truth. If she was going to carry a baby... In that culture, she would be forever called a whore. Why? She was having sex before marriage. That's what everybody thought. She would be this one who 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 would even it's brought up in Jesus's ministry. Uh, you know they accuse Jesus as he's ministering. Isn't it true that you were born in sin? What are they referring to? They're referring to Joseph and Mary and how it looked to everybody. But Mary says, I don't care what my life looks like. I don't care what other people think. Let it be unto me according to your word. And what did she do? She was the wrapping that would carry the grace of God into this world. I need to remind you, church, today many people agree with biblical ideals, but they're not available to live them. We have an agreement that they're right, but they're not available to give full expression of those things, to allow God to use them. 
James 2, 18 says, Some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by works. James 2, 19, you believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Listen, we can't just say yes. And not carry the gift of Christ. Not be the wrapping that God wants to, to use to bring the message of hope and forgiveness and righteousness through Christ. We can't just say, oh yeah, we should do that. And yet, never avail ourselves to where our faith is leading. Available faith looks like this. It's first, it is believing. It's believing that God sent his son. It's believing that I act on what I've heard. I place my trust in Christ. But then there's a secondary call to be available to God like Mary and Joseph. To carry Christ in a way that maybe it will reshape the opinion of other people about you in the community. But carry Christ. Lose the fear of the opinion of man. Carry Christ. Get wrapped in joy. Carry Christ. Oh, get wrapped up in grace. Carry Christ. Let grace teach you. Carry Christ. And live an available life that doesn't just bring hope in one month a year but lives as an expression of a person who was changed by one young lady who was available to carry Christ to the world. I wonder today, have you placed faith in this gift that Christ, uh, of Christ? Have you surrendered your life to him? I've got great news. There's grace for you. God's bestowed favor will come on your life when you place trust in what he's done. And then he's going to use you as the wrapping. He's going to use you as the one who then carries him to the world.